there's two camps of people, two groups of people with two different philosophies. One says that using everything, using all means possible, is the way to attain happiness. So going out dancing, going for parties, going to this place, going to that place, owning this, owning that, what you could call our more materialistic philosophy of life and happiness. The other philosophy says that we have to stay calm. To have, this, uh, okay, to have the same state of mind in happiness and sorrow, unaffected by the external world, which is correct. Okay, so should we do whatever we can find to make ourselves constantly happy? Whatever we can get our hands on a party, dancing, being with friends, a pizza, a night out on the town, a new necklace, and whatever it is, vacation. Should we use any means possible to find happiness? Or should our philosophy of life be that whatever comes, happiness or sorrow, that our goal, rather than being happy, that our goal is to be calm. So are we looking to find happiness or are we looking to stay calm? Interestingly, it's actually both. And the reason that it's both is that through finding this state of equanimity, we actually are able to attain real happiness. The first camp, the first group, this I'm gonna just do whatever I can find that I can lay my hands on to find myself, to make myself happy. The problem with that is the happiness is very shallow. A, it's short-lived, of course, but B, it's also very shallow. It's not, it's not even real and deep while it lasts. If it were real and deep and beautiful and fulfilling and just short-lived, well, okay. Sometimes a beautiful meditation is also short-lived. Sometimes an ecstatic experience is also short-lived. But they're very powerful. They can change your life. A touch, a moment. Because of their power and depth. But the type of happiness that we get from this any means possible, any item possible, any place possible philosophy, the problem is it's short-lived and very shallow. The happiness that you get at a party, the happiness that you get just enjoying pizza, the happiness that you get going somewhere that you, that you like, doesn't actually go very deep. It's not actually touching that which is yearning inside of us to be touched. It's not filling that which feels empty inside. And the reason we know that is go on vacation. Families go on vacation all the time. Couples go on vacation all the time. And what happens? They fight. 
interestingly, much more so than they fight not on vacation. Now, you could say, well, that's because they spend a lot more time together. Normally, kids are at school, parents are working, there's too much to do. But if the more time we have, the more we fight, it certainly doesn't seem that I've been touched and healed very deeply inside. It means I'm just as annoyed by the things that I'm annoyed at back home, and there's just more of them now because there's more time together. I'm just as depressed as I am about the, the things that I am back home. It's just I have more time. I'm not as busy. In psychology, they call this pulling a location. When you have people who are suffering from depression, from anxiety, from drug addictions, from all sorts of issues, many times we think, ah, I'll just move to Tahiti then everything will be better. Then I, then I won't be an alcoholic. Then I won't be depressed. Then I won't need drugs. Then I won't have this problem. And what you find is wherever you go, there you are. And that comes with you. So there's no... There's nothing we can do on a superficial level, no place we can stick our body, nothing we can do with our body, nothing we can adorn our bodies with that's actually going to touch the place in us that's looking to be healed, the place in us that's not happy. Because if we're happy deep inside, then you're going to be happy pretty much wherever you are. I've had the incredible, incredible blessing to travel all over the world with Pooja Swamiji. And what I see is he's, I mean, obviously Ganga is his favorite. Obviously he loves coming back. His preference is to be on the banks of Ganga. But wherever you put him, including... 24-hour-long flights, including airports for hours and hours with planes that are canceled and days of not sleeping, including being in a hospital, getting his arm sewn up, including, you know, whatever, whatever situation he may be in. There's no sense of, I just have to get out of this situation and then I will be happy. Or I just have to change this situation and then I'll be happy. When our flight finally, for God's sakes, takes off, then I'll be happy. When I finally reach this place, then I'll be happy. Never. So when you actually have that inside, doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what you're doing. You're happy. But for the rest of us who haven't attained that real permanent, unmoving, unvacillating, constant experience of happiness and peace, when we look for how to attain it, it's never going to come on the superficial level because the problems are not superficial. I can only fix a superficial... I can only use a superficial solution to fix a superficial problem. So if I go out in the rain, 
and I get wet. I can fix that problem by putting on dry clothes. Problem is on the surface, solution is on the surface. If my stomach is empty, I can fix that by sticking food in it. Superficial problem, superficial solution. But if my heart is empty, I can't fix that by sticking food in my stomach. It's the wrong hole. If my clothes are wet because I've been crying, not because I was outside in the rain, then putting on a new pair of clothes isn't going to fix the problem. A hairdryer or a towel isn't going to fix the problem. Because the water's from within. It's not just that which happened to catch me as I walked across the street. And so in the, that first camp, we're, we're trying to attain something deep through superficial measures. It's like sticking a, you know, a Band-Aid on your stomach for a kidney stone or sticking a Band-Aid on your stomach for a ruptured appendix. Well, it would be cute if you were four. You know, I mean, we'd all have a little smile if a child walked up to a, a parent whose appendix had ruptured and said, Mom, Dad, I brought you a Band-Aid. It would be a cute moment. But if as, as adults, intelligent adults, we did it, people would look at you like you were nuts. You're crazy. Well, you can't stick a Band-Aid on your stomach and expect it to fix your appendix or fix your kidney. You've actually got to go inside. You actually have to go below the surface. We cut the skin. We go deeply in. Only then can you fix it. And so all this stuff on the surface is like sticking Band-Aids on the body when the problem is in the inner organs. It's not going to work. And so it's not even a valid philosophy. There are certainly lots of different philosophies of life, certain, lots of different paths. But in order for something to even be worth debating, it has to at least have an impact. It has to be effective. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's not even a philosophy. If it doesn't work, if my philosophy of treating appendic ruptured appendices is by sticking Band-Aids on them, You'd say, that's not a philosophy, that's just stupid. You could have an Ayurvedic philosophy. You could have a homeopathic philosophy. You could have a surgical philosophy, because these are, these are things that actually work. They work in different ways. We can each choose how I'm going to deal with my appendix. But we know that they're all actually valid philosophies. The Band-Aid on my stomach is not a valid philosophy. So in the same way with this question, that first, the first option isn't even an option because it doesn't actually even bring us the happiness that we're talking about. The way... The, philo the philosophy of staying calm, this is what Bhagwan Krishna, Lord Krishna, emphasizes so much in the Bhagavad Gita, is 
to stay balanced. That a yogi is one who is the same in success and in failure, in joy and in sorrow, and in all of the ups and downs, the opposites of life. A yogi is not one who goes up and down on the waves. But that doesn't mean thou shalt not experience happiness, that, you're, that you've chosen calmness over happiness. We only think that until we actually know what real happiness feels like when it comes with peace. We're so used to the drama of life that the idea of being calm feels like I'm sacrificing something. Yes, there are downs, but oh my God, the ups are so good. I don't want, I don't want to lose that. And so we think that if I get calm, if I become, if I have more equanimity, I'm going to lose that joy. But that's actually not true. Because the real joy that I start to experience is one that comes from within. As I'm filling that which was empty inside me, I'm actually able to start experiencing real joy. And so in the state of peace, and it's important also to note here that this calmness that the questioner refers to, which I'm assuming comes after a reading of the Bhagavad Gita or listening to a teaching on that where that's emphasized so much, is it's not indifference. Lord Krishna did not say a yogi is one who does not care. A yogi is one to whom nothing matters. What he says is a yogi is one who is the same. Meaning that the source of my joy doesn't come from the success or the failure. Who I am is the same. I'm not ecstatic in the success and suicidal in the failure. I am constant. Doesn't mean I can't be happy. In fact, that's actually the source of real joy. Puja Swamiji always says enlightenment means living in the light. It's not just living at a flat line. You know, in a hospital, when it becomes flat line, you're, you're dead. And that's not, that's not what Lord Krishna is talking about. It's the fact that who I am is not dependent on the stuff in the outer world. And you know this is true because when you see the really enlightened masters, they're joyful. It's not that in their state of equanimity they have become boring. I mean, I've heard people refer to Puja Swamiji with a lot of adjectives over the last two decades, and not once have I ever heard anybody say he's boring or anything even close. 
he's full of life, vibrancy. But that vibrancy can only come when who he is isn't dependent upon what's happening in the outer world. That's when you see the, the real enlightened masters. And again, it doesn't matter what religion. You can look at the mystical tradition, the sages, the prophets of every religion. The ones who, who weren't just teachers, but who really themselves were touched and able to touch others. They weren't indifferent and apathetic and boring. They didn't speak in a monotone. They're full of life, but full of real life because they filled themselves from the inside. So through making our philosophy one of, I'm going to strive for equanimity. I'm going to strive for balance. It's literally just like saying, I'm going to strive to anchor myself, to anchor my boat to the deepest part of the ocean I can. Because the waves come, storms come, but I don't want to go up and down. I don't want to get tossed around. So my, my goal, instead of looking for the highest wave, my goal becomes to anchor myself as deeply as I can. The highest wave will come and go. But if you can anchor yourself deeply, then we're not tossed around. And when that becomes our, our goal, our focus, then we start to actually experience real highs from within us that aren't just due to the fact that we caught some high wave for a few minutes. But it actually becomes a much more constant state of high inside of us.